Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And uh, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at a head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. Uh, we'll mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss the NWHL and other happenings around the hockey world. So be sure to subscribe to this channel and follow Pigeonhole Hockey on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. And make sure to comment and share hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. Otherwise, let's get into it here. Picking up where we left off, Steve, we were talking about your favorite player in the National Hockey League. Feel the thrill. <laughs> Kessel, who makes me look like I'm in shape. <laughs> Actually, same here. I just wish I made the money he did to play <laughs> hockey. Hey, no, it will not deny the man's talent. I can't do that, but I will question his, <laughs> number one, his dedication and his professionalism to his sport and to his teammates, man. Like, come on. <laughs> I watched a bag skate, actually. Uh, they had the coyotes. They had an open practice uh, before all this happened. And, you know, it was funny watching the guys that were struggling, the guys that were burning up and down the ice. But it was amazing that they allowed us to watch a bag skate. A portion of the practice. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I knew exactly what that was about because they were on a losing streak, and some guys just uh, aren't in shape. So that's true. Brought to you by brought to you yeah. by brought to you by on this Saturday morning, October seventeenth. Man, I tell you what, it's uh, it's been so weird watching it, the trades drum down here and. Uh, all these little things going on, man. But I know that me and you had left off. Like, what, what, what would I do if I'm the GM of the Sabers mm-hmm. uh, for some reason? Which, by the way, I must say, I did get NHL 21 yesterday because it officially dropped for all of us that didn't pay extra. Yeah, I was uh, pretty happy with it. Honestly, it, it took me a while to get everything uploaded and everything. I didn't know how out of date my PS4 was until I uploaded everything to start playing with it i did be a pro mode i started with karlstad out in the swedish elite league and then i got drafted by the tampa bay lightning so as a goalie that means i'm not going to play for 10 years um mm-hmm. because <laughs> I, I don't see myself beating vasileski so I'll, I'll play my time out with tampa and hopefully you know maybe get traded and we'll see or maybe sign with another team but i'm loving the nhl 21 game and as you know i haven't played the gm mode yet but looking at what me and you had talked about off the last podcast and if i was the sabers gm what would it take to get you know basically the goal was you guys want to dump kessel in arizona yep and we need goaltending in buffalo so Looking to, you know, package up like a Darcy Kemper and, and Phil Kessel, which Phil Kessel has a no trade clause. But hypothetically, if he was going to trade and it would, of course, he'd also want to go to a contender. And I don't believe uh, Phil Kessel would look at the Buffalo Sabres as a contender. So he wouldn't waive his no trade clause to come by Buffalo. But if he did or he if he had no choice. Well, but hold on. Now, now, remember, now Buffalo does have a pretty stacked offense, right? We do. So- we absolutely do. But does Phil Kessel want to? I mean, we do have Taylor Hall. And, you know, those two played together last year, so maybe there's a relationship there a little bit. But well, you guys also signed that stacked Toby Reader. By yep. the way, met Toby Reader several times. Nice guy. Great guy. Um, I'm excited. The, He'll be a good, solid, what, third liner? He's a left well, liner, right? He, he can skate. Like, you cannot believe, just can't finish. Like, it took the guy, I think, two years to get another goal again. So he didn't struggle that bad with his first year with the Coyotes, but now, man. But anyway, let's get back to this trade because the interesting thing is 
looking at, if you look at the official NHL roster for the Buffalo Sabres, yeah. um, you guys got one goalie listed. Yeah, we, uh, is it Hutton? Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, because right now Allmark's under arbitration, so I don't know. Yeah. I, if I'm the Sabres GM right now and I'm looking at the guys under arbitration, um, I like a lot of those guys. I mean, I want to keep Olafson. I think what we got to pay Olafson what we need to what we need to pay yeah. him. If Reinhardt comes in too heavy, Allmark comes in too heavy. Bye. I'm. I mean, I, I. Sam Reinhardt. Yeah, he was what second overall pick for us a couple years ago, or not a couple years ago, a little while ago. But you know, I just I'd be cautious of how much I want to pay that guy. He's a fantastic player. I mean, I wish I was as talented here, but uh, I'm not. And so. I just think we have to be cautious about the length and the amount we give Sam Reinhart. Um, and you know what? Maybe if he doesn't want to be in Buffalo, which he's never indicated that he doesn't, but pending the the contract they'll offer him after arbitration, I'd trade him or let him walk. Or I think we just we could do better cap wise with a you know a different player, and maybe Reinhart would benefit from being on a, another team. But I mean, what I looked at with what Buffalo would be looking to give up because I know there's a player on Buffalo who is not hidden the fact that I don't think he wants to be a Buffalo Saber, and that's Rasmus Ristolainen. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm Buffalo and I'm Arizona, but I want to talk about it as you as an Arizona fan here, mm-hmm. and, you know, if I'm packaging up Hutton because I, I still intend to bring up another backup goalie and it's not going to be, I'm not paying the backup goalie Carter Hutton pay. Carter Hutton could, you know, benefit from maybe actually having a chance maybe to start in Arizona and hopefully seek out a better deal after that. And uh, you guys could get a super talented defenseman in Rasmus Ristolainen. And I mean, you guys save sending us uh, Darcy Kemper and Phil Kessel. We're taking oof, like almost 12 mil mm-hmm. off y'all there. And we're sending you contracts that are probably worth not even Kessel's contract. Those two contracts combined. So that would save you money. We have the space to make to take on a contract like Phil Kessel. And plus, he's a talented player. The reason that I think that the trade works, yes, we're getting a super talented goalie in Kemper. But again, I'd like I'm still personally as a goalie cautious of goalies and I'm cautious of Kemper. I think he could like we we brought on Hutton. He was I mean, with the years he had in Nashville and moving on to St. Louis, I was stoked. And then it just hasn't worked out in Buffalo. And that's my fear with bringing on Kemper because I'm seeing I'm looking at Kemper like another Hutton. I'm like, he could end up being fantastic. Fantastic, or I could just be staring at the screen going, why? Why? Well, so he's I think he's a fantastic goalie and he has the potential to really be an all-star in, in Buffalo. But uh taking on those big old contracts, especially Kessel's, the issues uh he has off the ice, I'm thinking I would be comfortable now maybe throwing some trades or some lower players with some of this, but I mean just straight up if I'm looking one at one here and you know, I'm thinking Kemper and Kessel for Ristolainen and Hutton because we're taking on that contract and some of the risk involved with that. And you guys are getting a super talented defenseman. Yeah, well, looking at what you're saying about Kemper, I would have I would have agreed with you more if it was after his, you know, when he came in to fill in for the Hurt Ronta because yeah. Kemper struggled his, I would say, his first five or six games and then he found his game. Right. And then the next season, he's still in his game, right? And even in the playoffs... It was up until that one game where he was holding, um, you know, it was the you know the first round. He was holding his own all the way up until a five, you know, five minutes of the third period where boom, 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 there was a bunch of goals, you right. know, and Colorado just. But that was a lot up. of defensive collapse too. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. So that's what uh, when you're looking at it, saying, you know, in a high pressure situation, he still performs. So I think he's actually found his game, and it was the Ronta injury that really brought it out of him. 
So if you guys were looking to really solidify your team, yes. you know, I would even say for you guys, if we didn't want to take, you said the Kyotes were like, well, no, we're not really sold on hunting, you know, take, they, they take on Allmark because you still have that other young goalie up there, right? Yes, we got Uko Pekalukunen coming in, man. And, yeah, so that's and so what we I mean. got more. I mean, we got even more after him, but I think he's the future of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the trades that you're saying make sense. If you got guys that aren't happy, right, right? Because, you know, well, it used to be the old GM used to love defensemen. Arizona's so yep. heavy in defense. They keep drafting heavy in defense that Ristolainen may not be the perfect fit, but it may be a bargaining chip, right? Who knows? Like, yeah, because he might not want to sign in Arizona, but he could be the trade, you know, the trade ship another team wants that you guys can get a yeah. lot of value back for what you need. Yeah. So Arizona, you, you're looking at cap friendly right now. They're what? Still two million over the, the cap. Yeah. Yeah. You guys in Buffalo, because you've still got some key guys that are coming on up that are under arbitration stuff. So yeah. you guys are sitting 13 million, 13 and a half million underneath. And I'm feeling Reinhardt's going to want a payday out of that. And I'm I don't know, man. But go ahead. Yeah, no, just just saying, like, you, it's just interesting the teams that have just did, you know, pretty much done a 180. If you guys can shore up the goaltending aspect of things, <laughs> you are now a contender, right? Yeah, I believe so, and it could it could happen like that. I'm just hoping that, like, man, with the with the inclusion of Hall coming to Buffalo, and and have we really suddenly. I thought we were going to be like, honestly, Ottawa, like if you remember the first podcast, anyone that listened were, you know, it's calling it how Ottawa turned around. It's, it's dumpster fire very quickly and how Buffalo might become the new dumpster fire. And then a day later we get Hall and I'm like, okay, maybe we have the right pieces here. Cause I figured Ico was probably on his way out. Rissalino is probably on his way out. All, all things were kind of indicating towards that, even though they're saying, Oh, Ico wants to stay here. I'm like, come on, man. If the, if the rumors are coming out there, it has some level of truth in there. That he's going to say that to the fans and everything. Yeah, I want to be here. But does he? I mean, he's never seen a playoff game. And he's a super talented forward. I'd be willing to have traded him if, if he wanted to be traded. And I, I you know, me and you had discussed, well, you know, on the phone what I thought would be right. Here's something to look at, though, too, just so you're aware. Sorry to cut you off because I'm looking at Carter Hutton right now, right? He's yeah. only $2.75 million for one year. You know, it would never be a straight one up for one up, right? But right. the Coyotes may consider somebody like Hutton and signing him for an additional year so right. he can be the exposed goalie, right? So we're talking Absolutely. this all so everybody understands. This is an hypothetical trade for Buffalo having to take on Kessel because it's the one contract that I think truly handicaps the, the Coyotes the most right now. So with one year, that's that's even more enticing, right? And I think Kemper's at around the four million dollar mark for a couple more years. Yep. So if you had if you had two big goalies in Allmark and then Kemper, eh, you guys just you know upped your stock a lot more, right? On the back end. We did. So so because you know how you know it's the new NHL, right? It's very it's very seldom we have two small goalies, right? There's a few exceptions like the and I laugh, I call him small and he's taller than me. Uh, but <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury, for example, if you're and that's the same thing as uh, Ranta. If you're super athletic, you can really help help it out. But if you're just a huge goalie that's still athletic, you just cover so much more net. So can you imagine that one two punch of all Mark and Kemper on your team? Yeah. That's not bad. Can, and, and looking at your yeah. defense, you've got a solid defense. So yeah. 
I mean, I don't want to trade Risto. I, 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 he's such a talented defenseman, but he doesn't want to be there. And I feel like that's going to, that affects, I mean, he's going to play his game because otherwise he's not going to get a, a good deal. He's not going to go for a lot. He's, he knows, I mean, really all these guys are independent contractors. You got to play your, you know, you got to play your stock up. Don't want to be in Buffalo? Fine. Got to keep putting your stock in there, man. Otherwise you're not going to get that payday. And that worries other teams if you're not going to play for a team regardless, wherever you're coming from, if it's tourists leaving Arizona or whatever it was. And we'll get on the tourist talk later. <laughs> I'm telling you, it. I like Risto, but if he doesn't want to be in Buffalo, I don't want him. Well, and here's the other thing, too, right, is if you guys took a Ronta, a healthy Ronta is one hell of a goalie. You know, he's $4.25 million. It's one of those things if you figured your, your young goalie will be up in the next, not this season, but the following season then that Ronta wouldn't be a bad deal, right? Again, do exactly what the Coyotes did. Sign him to one more year so you can expose him in the entry draft. And then, not entry, sorry, but the expansion draft. I keep saying entry. But expose him, and then he's off the books, too, to help people out, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's a reason why, like right now, the, the Coyotes have three goalies listed. You know, we've got Hill, Kemper, and Ronta. Kemper and Ronta are going to be going. I think I think right now there's got to be talks towards the both of them, and I think it's just waiting for the best deal to the surface. So yeah. um, so anyway, and as Coyotes fan again, I will reiterate: unless Kessel decides to get himself into shape, <laughs> he's brutal right now. He's absolutely brutal. So, yeah, I'm uh, telling you. Well. That's been an interesting portion of the conversation here. Uh, I mean, we're talking about everything still happening. Has there been any trades after the Schmidt trade? To- uh, no, the Schmidt trade was the last trade. So I really think you're going to see more free agent signings to shuffle stuff around before we see more, more trades. trades. Yeah, because, again, the team like the Coyotes have to improve their roster. So if they're able to dump some salary... They can open things up. Well, yeah, then you got to go get a scoring forward. Go get somebody who's been racking up the goals okay. the last couple of years. Like grab a Hoffman. Snag a guy like that, right? So, yeah. However, <laughs> let's talk about these signings, man. Yeah, so, I mean, well, before we, we jump into the one I know me and you want to talk about, I think there's been only one signing today, and that's uh, the goalie Joey Decord with the Ottawa Senators. He looks like he signs an ELC with the first two years of the contract being two-way and the last year being one-way, and he's like, I think he's a Massachusetts kid. Well, that, I you know, this, you brought up the Senators. You said it before. Yeah. You know, they, they're slowly improving that team, man. Slowly, slowly dude. I would say, like, in, in terms of what I saw them a couple years ago, it's a rapid turnaround in just two years. Well, like, that's when you dump off that much money. And let's be honest now, this lock cap because of COVID is going to help them on out. But you got Dandenoff on there. You just added White. Going down like Austin Watson, you know, already having a, a brat like Kachuk on the team and love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> hate them, love, hate them. We all know that relationship with Kachucks unless they're on your team. Their defense is looking pretty decent. And now it's really going to come down to like how well Matt Murray performs. Let's see Matt Murray away from the, you know, a, a solid, you know, experienced Pittsburgh team. But they're not 
looking too bad. <laughs> no, I'm actually, especially with the data now signing, man. I'm, that's a good signing. That's a really good signing by by the Senators. And I think when I saw that, I'm like, well, that that chip is dropped as well. Uh, they've got they built up a really really solid team. I'm yeah, well, like, stunned. Look, look down, like Dandenoff, White, Anisimov, Watson. I'm going to skip over guys that I'm not too familiar with, with, right? But then even having Tierney on the team, right? Yeah, Tierney's uh, fantastic. And I think right he's now, got arbitration too, isn't he? Yeah, but now let's go and talk about <laughs> uh, their boy that left the team, Max Domi's uh, <laughs> counterpart from the Olympics, or for not from the Olympics, but the World Juniors, right? Uh, who's who's banking on a payday and Anthony Duclair, yeah. not touched yet. And here's the thing I'll tell you about as a coyote when I was when he was with the coyotes, right? That Domi Duclair punch was awesome. Okay, so he scored one of the best goals I've ever seen live because he was going full speed, and he did the the classic, you know, uh, Peter Forsberg tuck to the yep. one side of a goalie, but at full speed. So he has talent, you know, and he is strong. The only thing that's ever been into question it was his hockey IQ. And again, I'm not an NHL player, but I'm going based on what other coaches say, and then actually watching a game where he played with the Chicago Blackhawks. I'll talk about that one first, where literally Jonathan Taves is shoving him into position to where he needed to go, right? You know it takes guys a little while to figure out a system, but he couldn't he couldn't fit in there. Then he goes on over to Columbus, and then he's in Columbus, right? Same mix where Tortorella said it. Guy's got talent, but you know, he just he just doesn't get it, right? So so it's gonna be interesting about Declare is, you know, as he you know, has he learned to adapt better to systems, right? And nobody's biting on him. So how much is he asking for, right? He made the all-star team, but he's been. I'd love to get him in Buffalo, but yeah. I mean, the thing is, like you said, he's 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 got talent, and I mean, he showed that last year again in Ottawa. I, I'd love to get him in Buffalo, but I'm you're you're right. I'm wondering what his asking price is because he he has to be realistic. Like you, you know, he could. He could be hot and cold. I wouldn't say he'd be a risk, but I wouldn't be looking to sign him to a long-term contract. I well, think that, he's one of those players that would be, you know, he, if, if I'm a GM, I'm like, mm, I think having you know that you have to pay, you know, you have to play your best to keep getting paid is an incentive. I think he, he gets a long contract, man. He he disappears. Yeah, well, and the other thing, too, is so, you, you know, take a look at what Taylor Hall did. A lot of these guys do not want to be opened up to go to the Kraken, right? They want to control their fate with regards to that team to see how they do, right? So there's 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 not a ton of you know, there's not a lot of teams that have a ton of space right now, right? So if you feel bad for guys like this, you know, make, well, you somewhat bad for Taylor Hall. He got seven million plus a million in bonuses. So feel bad but not bad. Um <laughs> but Duclair right now, who is coming off a good season and it's hit with a solid lock on the cap, right? And it's gonna happen in the next couple of years. Yep. Who does he go for? If I'm him right now, I look at a team like the Colorado Avalanche and say, I'll do it for $2 million for one year to get a cup, right? Yep. I, I, will, I will take whatever role because I want to get that cup behind my pedigree. Then I can ask for more money when it opens back up again. Right? No, but, I'm, I'm, I'm not that. Like, if I was a player, I mean, I, yeah, winning the championship is all, but – I'm not giving up the money. I'm, I, you're an independent contractor as a hockey player, and you got to look out for number one. And I mean, this yeah. is me. There are guys who are like right now. Yeah, you're driven by the fact that you've had an entire career, Joe Thornton, 
and you got your money. You're like Zdeno Charo, you got your money. And yeah, yes, yeah, I'm it for seven hundred fifty thousand, and I'll play with you guys for a year because I think you're going to win a cup. You know, that's what guys are doing right now. And but but let's, but, but yeah. look at this though, right? The Senators, unless he comes way down in his asking price, they've got twenty million in cap space. Next one's the Red Wings. Does a GM like Iserman want to want to take on Duclair? Right? Don't know. The next team over is the New Jersey Devils. Maybe the Devils would take a risk with him, but if he's asking for you know six million plus per year, that would drop him down to twelve million in space. I don't know if they want to take it. I wouldn't sign it for six mil. That's what I mean. So how much do you think he's worth? If I'm signing Anthony Duclair, man, I'm looking at three point two five two years, yeah. like two average. So I'm looking at spending like six and a half million on him over two years, not six million a year. He's not a six million dollar a year player. Well, that's but what we take a look at his previous season, right? All star, lighten it up, right? You so, got to consistently prove that. Otherwise, yeah. you do what, like, I mean, man, when Buffalo made that horrible, like, I mean, so many teams do it, but who did we sign? He had one good year in Philly, and we launched this massive contract on him because the Pagulas had just bought the team. I looked at it and went, wow, he had one good year. We're throwing all that money at him. They all deserve to be fired over that deal. It was a terrible deal. I know I got to look up his name, man. I got to go to Buffalo's page because we're probably still paying him off. It was just a terrible, terrible deal. And I think that's what you got. One good year doesn't get you a contract. I'm sorry. These GMs got to be smarter about this. It's like, you know what? If they want that bigger money, let another GM make the dumb move. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. But like I said, if you if you watch the NHL when, you know, everybody knew about the potential of a declare. And I'm not arguing he's a six or seven million dollar player. I'm saying he's representing himself right now and his agent or however this is going, and he's trying to demand more money, saying he's worth it, right? So based on his last season, lots of times teams are like, oh, yeah, we, we saw what he can do. We want him. Like if he could just shore up his game enough, he would be that awesome penalty kill power play guy because on the penalty kill, you always want to threaten the speed, right, that can burn down, that can burn down the ice and, and, and get that shorthanded goal or be the threat of it, right, to keep teams honest. So if he could shore up his game and do that, you know, add that component to it, he'd be amazing. But I'm looking at him right now and declared him sign with Ottawa because he wanted more money. So I'm wondering what the offer was, right? Maybe they yep. went as high as four and he's like, no, I want a $6 million payday. I proved myself. So he's, like I said, he's one of the interesting ones hanging out because I really think all the other GMs in the league, if they were looking at him, the ones that were want to be more conservative and say, okay, if you want a higher payday, we're going to do it for one year, right? Um, yeah. If you want a longer term, it's going to be a lot less money, you know. So if they somebody signed him to a four-year deal at four million each, it's not bad for what he's done, right? Including last season. The problem I feel bad for him is I would like to, if I was a GM, I'd like to reunite him with Domi because they had chemistry, but Tortorella will not go near him again. No, and it's. I mean, it's just one of those things. If a player doesn't understand their their true value, they're overvaluing themselves. They're just going to sit on the market. And I think that they, at the NHL's, the GM's got to get smarter with this. I think if you want to build these more competitive teams and stop with the buyouts, because uh, honestly, like we're still paying off Cody Hodgson, uh, but I can't remember that Flyers player. We're not paying him off anymore. Man, you, you got to think like with these six, seven, eight year deals, just aren't worth it. And I mean, I'm looking as a, as a GM when I play my, uh, you know, my NHL 21 now, you know, I'm not looking unless it's like a crazy good 22 year old talent who you know, is coming into his year for his big contract. Those are the guys I'm looking to do that. Once you get in your mid 20s, I'm looking down to like maybe six, maybe five. And then in your late 20s, I'm looking at four. 
I'm like, no. I mean, the Vegas experiment definitely proven that uh, you don't need the best players. You need the right players. And I think, I mean, 1980 USA, right? You don't need the best players. You need the right players. And people get these like stars in their eyes when they see, oh, wow, this guy's available. Well, yeah, but Vegas, did you re- with, with Nate Schmidt on the team, did you really need to go at the Peter Angelo for that price? You don't. You don't. You're becoming top heavy. And it's going to bite them. And I guess maybe they're just trying to strike while the iron's hot because, you know, they set the really high expectation when they entered the league and they've proven that they were a championship level team right out the gate and they've done it every year since. So now it's like, well, may as well spend the money to try to get that cup now because it ain't going to last. These contracts no. are going to bite you. The team's going to dis. The dynasty's not. They got a couple of years maybe to get a cup and then they're going to fall apart. No, I agree because it's gonna, they're going to be too top heavy, right? So, yeah. and then. You know, the aging Peter Angelo is not going to be as easy to move, right? Um, Stone will still have value in his game, but he's going to be the cornerstone who I think he, he should be named captain of that team, in my humble opinion. But this this is really interesting with the cap being frozen because there's still a lot of good free agents still hanging out there. We still don't see Halla, Hoffman, you know, and you can go down the list of guys that still aren't signed. Right now, like I said, you've got declare net mix too. So who do you want? How much are they how much they're going to sign for? Because you're looking at the teams again with money, it's again it's the senators, right? And yeah. then it's the wings, you know. And I guarantee you, Eiserman's just playing hardball, saying if you want to come back to this rebuild, we're getting the right guys on this team for the future. You know, here's how it's going to go. So there's not a lot of money sitting out there to sign these guys right now. No. So so Let's anyway, man. Yeah, exactly it. Now you were. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of free agents, who do who do you think has won player wise, team wise, free agency? Player wise, team wise, I'm like, in terms of player wise, uh, Peter Angelo. I mean, he got mm-hmm. that big old contract long term. I think Vegas loses on that contract long term. So in terms of players, I think Peter Angelo definitely definitely won that deal. Now in terms of teams, I think have won. Honestly, I've given it a like. I'm looking at the teams. I'm thinking the biggest winner I'm seeing so far is Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Ottawa, I think, has done really, really well in the offseason with getting the right pieces in place, signing the right players. I didn't see this team being good for five or six years after the dumpster fire, and they've managed to turn it around in just two years. I'm stunned and uh, kind of excited to see where the team goes. I think another team that's uh, maybe being overlooked in terms of winning, and it's been kind of a quiet win, has been the Devils. I think with what they are kind of doing, and they're just taking advantage of other teams, uh, you know, like cap issues. You know, they got uh, they got Johnson out of Toronto. They got Murray out of uh, Columbus. They're just taking advantage of the situation and moving pieces and getting the right pieces. And I think they're just signing the right contracts. I mean. Jack Hughes is still developing. Um, I think, I think New Jersey's actually done pretty well, quietly done well during the uh, during this whole free agent frenzy. Like me and you talk, you know, you're married to a Maple Leafs fan, and mm-hmm. some of my best friends are Maple Leafs fans. So what can yeah, you you're, do? You're still a Maple Leaf racist for saying. Um, <laughs> but well, they've done great, dude. Their pickups, honestly, and even even Thornton, even even Joe. I think right now Toronto built its top heavy team. It started to scramble to figure out how to right its wrongs. And I don't hate the pickup. It's funny. And I definitely want to get into it. Uh, I don't hate the pickups of, you know, keeping Spezza, having Joe Thornton in there, having Simmons in there. And uh, what, what did you call that line again? Uh, their combined ages are 110 years old. So <laughs> that's the 110 I, line. <laughs> I think, they, I think they've done really good. I mean, Simmons, like, you know, like sandpaper player. I mean, he, 
he can get into it. And he's he's still a talent. He's still what I thought his cap hit would be if I was going to take him uh, to my team before he actually got signed by Toronto. And I think I said, you know, Max, I'm paying this guy a million and a half max uh, a year. Uh, and I think Toronto nailed it. I think I, I think his cap is like 1.3 or 1.2 or maybe it was 1 million. But it was it was just over the million mark, I believe. And then, you know, that was with the Sabres for maybe a year is Jimmy Bessie. They've taken him. And, you know, again, no loss to the the Maple Leafs here. Maybe he will actually. I think he said he's going to, you know, he's going to play like his hair's on fire or something. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you have to because you were supposed to be the Wonderkin. And, man, it just hasn't happened. New York let him go and then. Buffalo gave him a shot, and he just, you know, I think he was a healthy scratch some some nights. And so, you know, he's got a chance to maybe reignite his career in Toronto. Um, And Toronto's banking on some of this, like, this experience coming in with Simmons and Thornton and Spezza um, and some of their, you know, a little bit older guys. But then also banking on guys who, like Vezzi. Well, so it's, so again, going back to the Toronto thing, right? It's a little patch, patchwork. If they do well enough, they could get past the first round, right? Because the big criticism was, you know, I think, I do think Tavares did well, you know, in that qualifying round. You know, he was playing hard, but the criticisms came to the other two, Matthews and Marner, right? So my biggest criticism of Matthews was, I think there was a minute and a half left, puck goes down into the corner, and Matthews goes coasting in after the guy, right? Not playing like your season's on the line and I want a cup. He goes coasting and allowing that defenseman to play the puck to get out of the zone, which then, you know, resulted in the empty net goal, right? So, you know, and Marner just defensively wasn't there, offensively wasn't there. And what you're hoping is that these other veterans can come in. You know, they don't have a cup. Teach these kids how to play hockey. Yeah, well, exactly. So the the only thing I can say is, like, Spets has gone deep into the playoffs before. So has Thornton. Um, and then I don't think has Simmons yeah. probably Simmons has, I think Simmons wasn't Simmons on the, the Philly team that lost a cup. I'd have to go back and Chicago. Look at that. It, it's possible. Like, I, don't I think remember. Simmons was with them with lost cups. I mean, oh, yeah, you, you are right. Cause he was with Philly for the longest time. As yeah, then, yeah. Yeah. So, Joe Thornton then was also with the, the sharks that lost a cup and yeah. you got the uh, Spezza was with the senators when they uh, lost their cup. Yeah. I so, mean, they've all made it to the finals. Yeah, so they have enough to say to guys, this is how hard you have to push, and here's what you need to do to get there. Now, Spezza was already on that team last year, and it didn't happen, right? So you're hoping that these three can come in and do that. And what you're hoping is, you know, Thornton's still good on the draw, right? You know, but the book's out on Thornton. He always looks to pass. So, with a, for example, with a Matthews, and he can set Matthews up all day long with that shot. However, you just protect Matthews. You've got... You expose Thornton, let Thornton take that shot all day long, right? Yeah. So Simmons, you're really hoping that he can find his game again. You know, Montreal offered him more money. He turned it down. So he really wanted to be there. And as a Habs fan, I would have loved to see Simmons because I we wanted that bigger frame, you know, out there battling and crashing to open things up. So yeah. the only question again is, so this is simple patchwork for a season. They could, I, I don't doubt that these guys wouldn't resign if things went really well and they can do it again to weather the storm, but it's they're still going to run into that problem of they have to unload one of their big five contracts. Absolute winners, Calgary Flames are just stacked. <laughs> uh, the Calgary Flames have done incredible with in this offseason, right? So they, you know, they peel the peel the former starting goalie off of the Vancouver Canucks, 
grabbed a good puck moving defenseman, right? Um, so it, what's amazing though is you know you very rarely see within the same division, you know, grabbing players off of that team, right? And what's it's interesting. Right. What's, what's interesting, though, is that I understand they were trying to push to make the playoffs. You don't want to trade these guys off, but you weren't sure if they were going to stay there. But they gave up their starting goalie and one of their top defensemen for nothing, right? They just walked. Now, you've got two giant goalies in Markstrom and Riddich, uh, you know, on the back end. Defensive-wise, you still got Giordar, uh, Giordano, the guy we couldn't remember, but we could picture uh, from yeah. the last podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hannafin, Anderson, Tanev. I'm going to butcher Yuso's last name, so I won't even attempt it. But they're still relatively good in the back end. And they're going to pick up somebody else here. You just know that's going to happen. But offensive-wise, Kachuk, Goudreau, Monaghan, Backlund, Lucic. Well, Lucic. But he brings that physical presence, right? Lindholm, Bennett, Mangiapane. They're looking pretty damn good offensively still, right? So, And I know there's a couple of guys, too, that we're going... I think we're going to arbitration. So... Yeah, Milan Lucic really found his game again last year. Yeah, like, it, it, he disappeared, and it was kind of sad. I mean, I hated him as a Bruin. Um, I mean, he's a, I mean that that hit on Miller, what a dirty hit. You love to hate guys, and I love to hate Milan Lucic. And you know, when he lost his game, I'm like, well, that's no fun. I, yeah. I, I like to hate talented players, <laughs> and when he's no longer talented, it was just sad, sad making like five and a half million a year. I, it's awesome to actually see him find his game again and maybe find his passion again for hockey because I think he kind of lost it there for a bit. Well, it, it happens when you get moved around, right? It's it's tough rebounding when you get traded from a team that had a couple of good cup runs, right? You won a cup and then you're getting moved on. Back to free agency. What's what's scary is the Blue Jackets are going to hang out to be a tough team. Without bias, I do have to say my Montreal Canadiens did well. No, I agree. Particularly with Toffoli. Like, that's a good contract to get Toffoli locked in at. And, you know, you always hear this stuff, right, about players of all who's wanted to play there. And then your you goaltender know. duo. Honestly, dude, your goaltender oh, yeah. duo, Price and Allen, like, no, that's right solid. now goaltender duos are, are what's leading teams to the cup. Yeah. And then the other thing, though, is, again, is the – you know, or defensively, Edmondson was a huge signing. We've now got between Sherrod, Edmondson, and Weber, three big punishing guys back there. Edmondson's got cup experience, right? And then you throw on, you know, everybody else. Petrie was amazing last season. And then we've got Romanov, who, you know, we've been looking forward to for so damn long. And I'm really hoping Juleson comes back this year, you know, injury-free, because he was looking really good. You know, and then took two pucks the exact same spot, um, and then you know uh, it really hampered him. But I was excited about him, so uh, they did well on this. And I don't still don't think they're done. They're going to make another move here at some point, and I think it's going to be another offensive forward that they're just waiting to package somebody up for. Like they're going to pluck somebody from a team that's in the same type of issue where they're having some cap space and need to fill things in, right? Yeah. So. Or a team like, for example, look at the New Jersey Devils, where they they could use some more experienced bodies in the back end that Montreal would be would be willing to give up to go after a young talent or a an offensive type of player that they may not be sure about in the future. So I think that's what Bergevin's working on. Instead, for all the criticism Bergevin gets, and by the way, the five year plan never existed. Stop talking about it. Yeah. Shut up, shut up, Pat fans. He never said that. 
<laughs> it's time to get over that crap. Um, he did a hell of a job. Now let's flip the course. Who's lost? Edmonton. Yeah, I actually I agree that the Coyotes are one of the teams I said have lost. I mean, my my comment is what's happening there. <laughs> what, what is happening in Arizona? Well, they've got a they've got a good GM now who's taking this seriously, but he was handed crap. Uh, yeah. Shaky in his coursey brilliance and his contracts and his hedging and betting have left this team in disaster, and that's why I think he was so happy to take off. And then now the Hall trade looks foolish, right? They legitimately did not have a shot, really, even with adding Hall. They just weren't. The cohesiveness wasn't there, so it was a bad trade to make. You know, people will stick up for it. Was I excited to watch them play? Well, yeah, but I knew the long-term consequence of it, right? They, they needed to get to the conference finals in order to sign that guy. And, right. But then when you looked at how cap-heavy we were, we couldn't have signed them. So you gave up a first round. Had put us up, you know, put us up against the cap for nothing, right? For really mm-hmm. nothing. It was exciting to watch him. You know, he's 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 a hell of a player and fun to watch on the ice, but just terrible. And then for me, another team is Edmonton. I I think they've lost just based off of you guys re-signed Mike Smith, and everyone's kind of questioning that right now. You you guys and, signed Kyle Turris. Well, well, hold on. Well, Turris isn't bad just because of his turn, right? So that yeah. one, I'll say, you know, it's it's he's what a million dollars. Yeah, they're still under the James Neal contract. I think there was discussions of maybe trading Nugent Hopkins. Well, I uh, think they're I think they're going to leave Nuge there for now. But I'm going to bring up the Oilers roster here just so I can take a look once again. Um, the problem is, okay, so I'm a huge Mike Smith fan, right? Right. He was here in Arizona, got to know Smitty. Fun guy. He used to be the Blackhawk killer, and that's why they started him against the Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks owned him. <laughs> they destroyed him in that first game. Now, was it all his fault? Hell no. Right. They left him hung out to dry. They were good goals coming in on him, but power studded, pick to go you know, to the cup. The Edmonton Oilers team faltered huge in that series, right? So... And they're running with the same goaltending duo that couldn't shut down a team in the playoffs, right? So it's still Smith and Koskinen. Okay. Yep. And, you know, Smith is – I don't think Cap Friendly's updated. I thought he got two more years of two minutes. I thought he got not. two, and it's showing 1.5 for one year. I'm like, no, I thought he got a two-year, yeah, like, two-and-a-half-mill yeah, deal. Yeah, he did. I think it was two years and two million a season. Yeah. I went, well, for an age Smitty, you know, who didn't have it in the playoffs, that – that wasn't the move. They needed to go and get a goalie. Yeah. They needed to. And whether it was and there were goalies cost, out there, and that's why I don't understand the Mike Smith signing. I mean, he, I, you know, if, if they're are they banking on him being the backup? I presume at this point. Well, yeah, because Koskinen's at four point five million, right? So, and they probably talked to him, and he said he was probably comfortable sitting back there. But at two million, like, come on, yeah, like, that's, that's a like, that's, that's a lot of money for again. You know, they look good during the regular season, but it's the regular season. Right. And everybody was well rested going into playoffs. Now, as a goalie, right, for a guy like Carey Price, who was still having a good season, Price was lights out and that rest maybe helped him because, again, we were having to use the hell of a price during a regular season. Right. Maybe for a goalie like Smith and some of the other ones, it's hard to find your groove. Right. If you don't have it and you've got a short window, you're not finding your groove. (laughs) You're you're out of luck. So maybe that's what the owners are banking on. Right. Is Smith may have looked really good in their eyes up until that point and said, well, let's give him another shot. Again, I personally wouldn't have done it, 
I would have made a bigger splash to get another goalie, you know. And the other thing, though, is Smith becomes a guy that they can expose for the expansion, right? Yeah. Chances are they're not going to take take Smith. If they expose both, um, maybe they'll take the what's it, Koskinen? Yeah, maybe they'll take Koskinen, but. I don't know. Like they're so offensively, they're still a hell of a hockey team. You've got McDavid, Drysital, Nuge. Oh yeah, but saying teams lost doesn't mean that they are gonna suck. Like my yeah. the other because the other team I'm gonna say that you know I'll let you finish Edmonton, but yeah, I mean the other team I'm gonna say lost is actually a really good team, but I think just they, they just lost the uh, the free agent frenzy. Uh, which team's that, man? Boston. Like they've lost. I mean, obviously got aging players that needed to go. Like Chara, I, if I'm Boston, I'm still resigning him, man, for what whatever he wants for one year. Like he's not going to be asking for fifth, you know, fifteen million or ten million. He's probably going to be happy with like a seven hundred thousand dollar deal, you know, million dollar deal to keep playing. I mean, I at this point, he's got to be pretty well established there in Boston. The dude speaks like six or seven languages or something. But I, I'd imagine if I'm well, what's the going Bruins. on with their? What's I'm going on retiring with their Chara is a. Oh yeah, goal, yeah, that's the thing. That's a big scary thing too. Like after everyone kind of poking at Rask, which hey, Bruins fans poke at Rask. I'll take him in Buffalo in a heartbeat. I had actually proposed when that whole Rask situation happened. I'm like, okay, I will send. You know, I'll take Rask off your hands because you guys don't want him anymore. And McAvoy, and uh, I'll send you Eichel, your your Boston boy here. Yeah, but um, according to Hutt- Cap Friendly, right now both. Halak and Rask are UFAs. Is this accurate? No, no. The 2020-2021 season, no. Both of them are still available. They got so one year oh, left each. Both, okay. Hal- yeah. Halak. Oh, Halak's yeah, that's right. The- so yeah, I was I was looking at the wrong line. So they've they've got they they have them both locked in. Seven yeah. million. Now, has Rask confirmed he's going to come back and play? I don't know. Honestly, if I'm Tuca, uh, with that you know shunning by the fans, I mean perception, I. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Somebody feel free to correct me. But man, well, I don't people think, go I don't after think the, the cloud, you know, over Rask, you know, in the playoffs, right? People have strong feelings either way. If right. I was a father, you know, and my wife called me and there was any issue, especially with the birth of a child, I don't care what the hell I'm doing. I'm going oh, home. I'm out. And that's the thing yeah. is like if he just bailed because he didn't want to be there, I would have been upset as a Sabres fan if he was our goalie and he would have just bailed for just not wanting to be there. But you get a sick kid, hey my family's going to be there after the game's done. Like it, you've got to make that call. And he, if that was in fact, 100% the case, hundred percent wrong. Any fan telling him that playoff hockey is more important than his family. Yeah. And, and the thing is, right. The problem with a lot of hockey stuff, right. Is everybody looks at somebody's salary and said, I would do this for one year. Um, no, if something had happened to his, to the newborn, you'd never forgive yourself the rest nope. of your life. So I don't, care about a seven million dollar contract i don't care because let's be honest i love the sport of hockey right but when you look at it it's it's just a game it's a game we love this kids. Game. we play these kids it's just a game so you know in this instance again i'm a habs fan and here i am sticking up for a bruins goalie right so let's just be honest <laughs> you know yeah. uh, oh, i love to go yeah, I've got. I love Yaroslav Halak, man. I love them both. Oh, I got yeah, my. Well, yeah. I just gave my Halak jersey up to uh, my neighbor because he's a Blues fan. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm of course. I've got a, a soft spot of Halak for his good run with the Habs, and shutting down Pittsburgh. You know, the stop and, signs. I remember those. They were <laughs> yeah. Halak. <laughs> but but you know, in Rosk's case, like if you feel that spurned by another team, well, you know, by your home home fans, where you know he's delivered great hockey to him for such a long time. Yeah. I wouldn't blame him for wanting to move on, 
you know, or just or just walking it back, right? But we all know what this is like, though. Too, he gets on the ice, they get a win, and he gets a shutout. You know, and they're they pushing him. Well, they're they're worshiping him again, like fans. You know, the big issue with Price, where <laughs> it was almost that that Patrick Waugh esque moment back when uh, Tarion was coach, and he pulled Price, and Price just stared him down, getting off the ice, right? Because I knew Tarion was a problem. I knew guys did not want to play for him anymore. They were sick of his BS, you know, sick of just pure dump and chase hockey. And they were a smaller team getting beat up. Like he just lost the locker room. So there was that. And I thought, oh, shoot, here we go. This is another, you know, Patrick Wall moment where he's going to say that's it. But, you know, I think him and the other leaders of the team had a closed door meeting with uh, Bergevin, who just signed him to an extension. And that was the end of Tarion. That was it. He was right. out. You know, as were the guys in the locker room. And that's why you saw that whole dismantling of the team. Now, back to Rask, like I said, they still, with Rask, one more year, I think what, as the organization is going to say to Tuca is, just play off your last year, man. Give give us this one last year with you and Net, you know, not nothing against the lock, right? But with you and Net, we probably could have made it, you know, to the cup again. Give us this one last year and then let's just wrap it up from there, right? And then move on. Right. Um, but if his heart's not in it, don't force him because he's not going to play well and there's going to be a lot of resentment still, right? So, yeah, it's, it's that bad. The Bruins are going to be interesting, you know, um, going into next year. They still have to sign DeBrusque, right? Uh, I don't know if they've signed Lozon. Oh, no, it's uh, Matt Greislick yet, if they've signed him or not. There's a few guys that are just hanging out there uh, that they need. And then what do they got for cap space? Uh, they've got $10 million, so they've still got enough wiggle room where they could still add people. But the other thing, though, when you're bringing up Rask is it's his price, right? So if yeah. you're try to trade him off who's got seven million in cap space to take up take him on right and would you know let's go back to that scenario where buffalo says hey i'll take him on say rask you know decided hey why not i'll give give buffalo a shot here yeah even though they haven't made the playoffs in a long time like that's one thing i'd be hesitating on if i was him however yeah, but he's got his cup so it's like for him yeah. at this point it's like he could end up being the savior in buffalo <laughs> oh yeah that's <laughs> we, right. he, he, we need he, one yeah, he could be that he could be the god of Buffalo, right? But let's say they're willing to do it. Is Boston willing to take on Hutton? You know, and maybe they would. Maybe they just said, okay, we'll run with Halak. We'll take Hutton, or they'll take Allmark, right? Maybe prefer to have the bigger goalie, right? But if they take on Allmark, then there's going to have to be salary retained, right? And that trade, you guys are going to have to give something up, which means you know, it's the lineman or somebody else, right? So potential couch potato GM, as I like to call myself and other people that like to sit back and do this, but. Potentials there, you know, Marlowe back in San Jose. Again, yeah. class act of a player, great guy. What the hell are you doing, San Jose? And this this is kind of how, like, yeah, that's the thing. Is, like, we can kind of wrap up this podcast with kind of, like, talking about, like, you know, the surprises we saw with the, with, uh, the signings this season, like you said, right there with Marlowe. Is this just a kind of, like, a farewell tour for him to kind of bring some fans back in because they did not have a great season? I don't think he's got any cup chance there in San Jose this year. They're not going for a cup. So this is, like, maybe a farewell tour, you know, so he can wrap up, you know, get that, meet, meet those goals of, you know, passing Gordy Howe and stuff this year. What well, do you think about Marlowe? <laughs> well... Okay, so in story I'm relating, everybody, it's not a it's not a total Montreal bias. It's just a storyline that'll tie into it. Mark Bergevin got himself into a ton of trouble in his career with loyalty contracts, right? Gave David DeHarnay a, a pretty big bump. Um, you know, was buddies with Terry and it just extended him right away without getting a true feel in the locker room, right? He gave we we that the Thomas Placanic thing was just killing us for the longest time. Now the thing about Placanic was. 
I'm not completely way, against loyalty signings, though. Uh, I'm against making them too much. Yeah, well, that's, the, like problem. It, that, well, that's the problem, right? But so here, you'll, you'll see where I'm tying this in, right? So Placanics, towards the end of his contract, it was just killing us. It was too much money, and he just didn't have it anymore as far as the offensive side of this game. Defensively, with face-offs, still solid, but offensively, like he was not a threat whatsoever anymore, right? Every shot seemed to hit the goalie right in the chest, like in the crest, every time. Swallowed up, right? And if I was him as a player, again, if I'm not getting the puck in the net, you know, you have to have that scoring mentality a bit. But if you're, you know, you just don't have it anymore, shoot that puck off the pads, right? Like, go for the assists, right? Be that player. Yeah. Now, back over to Marlowe. Marlowe didn't bring anything for the to the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? Toronto, he brought leadership. He was able to mentor the young guys, and he looked decent there. But again, just in playoff-wise, just wasn't producing when you needed him to the most. He's back in San Jose, and probably to have this milestone, right, to have something exciting to have going forward, and maybe it's the simple thing, because Montreal did it with Pocanic, right? Brought him back, and then let him go as soon as he hit his, you know, got his silver stick, right, in his 1,000th game. All right, and out the door he goes, right? That was it. I think that was the plan. Yeah. So maybe this is what they're doing, but, okay, what's what's San Jose, what are they looking to do? It's time to blow your team up, man. They're they're not very good anymore. It's time yeah. to move some parts. So maybe Brett Burns becomes an expansion thing to really open, you know, you let him I go. I think he'll be the face of the, I honestly think he'll be the face of the Kraken. Yeah, which would be great, right? He's got the pirate beard. <laughs> he's got the whole, he's got the look that he's got, he's just got, fits like Seattle. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got the look. He's still got, you know, he's still got a few more good years in him. It's just, you're so tied up, right? Because like, again, we'll go back to it. The Carlson contract is killing that team and Carlson's not living up to that's a terrible he, contract. What he's supposed to be. This is a problem for, you know, overpaying for certain players trying to pull them out, right? So, yeah, nobody's going to touch that contract. So what the hell do you do? Nope. So now you're stuck with that one. So you're going to have to move something else to, you know, open up your team better, right? And then, again, goaltending-wise, I think they were at one point slightly better than the Sabres, but they weren't solid enough in that to, to deliver it, Right. So, so See, yeah, that's the that, interesting thing of thinking about, like even with the, with them having to basically blow this team up and and start over again. You know, losing a player like Burns is going to help them a lot in terms of the contract disaster they've gotten themselves into. Seattle ain't gonna touch. Uh, Carlson's contract or Vlasic's contract, and they leave Brent Burns exposed. I think that works out for both San Jose and Seattle because, you know, they're looking to take on a guy who will have about four years left on an $8 million a year average contract, which I don't think they'll have a problem with. You know, yes, he'll be approaching 40 at the end of that contract or maybe at 40, but you ready for truthfully, this he's, he's going to look like Seattle hockey, man. He's going to be like yeah. Flurry became the face of Vegas hockey. Yeah. And I think I think Brent Burns would become the captain in the face of of Kraken hockey. Okay, so so two things you got to look at right now. You should pull up the cap friendly, right? So first, Martin Jones, who is either lights out and he's doing awesome, or he's leaky, mm-hmm. and it's that's that back and forth with him, right? He's at five point seven five all the way up to twenty three, twenty four. That's why I like them bringing in Dubnik, man, because Dubnik, I think those two could be a good combo because when Jones does go cold, Dubnik is pretty good at stepping in and stepping up. Yeah, but see, so here's the other thing with Dubnik, right? He he found his he found his game with the Coyotes. Coyotes traded him off quick because they wanted to keep upgrading, right? And, you know, gave him credit, but then when it came clutch time for Dubnik to step it up in the playoffs, 
he just didn't deliver, right? So right now, like Martin Jones did bring him to the cup finals, right? But I don't think he played well enough to steal the series for them, right? Yeah. And last year, you know, you can't always blame it on the goalies, right? They, as a team, they didn't do well. But let's talk about their defensive core. Okay, are you ready for this? Carlson, 11.5 million. Brett Burns, 8 million. Mark Edward Vlasic, 7 million. Okay, between just your defensive core, right? That defensive core that what you know, Vlasic, hell of a defensive defenseman, right? Burns is your offensive threat and big body, right? And Carlson was supposed to be that, but it's not panning out. It's a lot of money to have tied up in defense. It's a lot of money to have tied up in defense, and it's a lot of money to have tied up in defense that long. That those four contracts or those three contracts are locked in for the next five years each minimum. Yeah. No, like Brent ready. Burns is the shortest of the five, and then you go Carlson goes years beyond Brent Burns, and Vlasic goes a year beyond Brent Burns, and each one of these guys are thirties, man. Like Brent Burns is older, you now know. Vlasic is older, and let's look Vlasic's at, locked in until he's almost forty. I know, but now look at the top portion, dude. Going down their list: Couture, Keen, Meyer. Hurdle, okay? I love Hurdle, by the way. Just as the way he plays that game, he's so excited all the time, right? Love him, right? Awesome there. But then again, we're going to Couture, $8 million. Kane, $7 million. Meyer, $6 million. Hurdle, 5 Look at all the money tied up in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys. And let's throw Jones in there at $5.75 million, $8 million. Looking at their top guys that have these big contracts, are they a cup-contending team? A cup no. contending team, and you've got top heavy contracts. You Very need to do something. You need to yeah. do something, right? And I think the biggest mistake they made was letting Pavelski go to Dallas. Like, I don't understand that one because he still brought a lot to the table. Now, it was about a big payout, and you want to go younger. Well, I guess that's why you signed Meyer, but I, I don't understand, right? I just, there's no. certain, certain. You know, this team right here, I don't understand the projection they're going forward with, right? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And I honestly, to kind of uh, continue to wrap up uh, this podcast, my, I would say my other surprise, truthfully. And uh, again, not playing hometown favorites here, but uh, Buffalo, man, with the Hall signing, that stunned the league. That stunned me as a Sabres fan. I was stunned by that pickup. And I think that uh, that was the, I think, the biggest surprise of the free agent frenzy was Taylor Hall signing in Buffalo. That sent shockwaves through. I mean, every, I watched the interviews and everyone's like, why'd you choose Buffalo? <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, and I liked his answers. I really liked his answers and it makes sense for the player. It's excellent for the team. And really, I, if it's, it's also like, I think the make or break year for a team that hasn't made the playoffs for a decade. If we get Taylor Hall in there and we've got, you know, talented forwards like Hall, Eichel, Skinner, uh, we got Mark Stahl now. I'm not sorry, not Mark, Eric Stahl. We've, we have a lot of really good talent on this team. If we can't make it happen, if we can't make it back to the playoffs, and we're not just talking about making it back to the playoffs and getting swept in, in the first round. We're talking about make it back in the playoffs, and we're talking at least making it into the second round. I think this team blows up. I think Hall might not want to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, in fact, we haven't signed him at that point, I think Eichel will be looking to get out. I think it's just, it gets going to, this is the make or break year, I think, for the Sabres of getting out of the hole and not becoming that team that ties the record of most of the years missing playoffs. So, and this is the modern era. I mean, yeah, back in the day, you missed the playoffs routinely like that. That's salary and stuff. Buffalo has 
got one of the richest owners in the National Hockey League, and we have no really restriction on what we're paying out players. I mean, I don't know how many coaches and GMs we're paying right now that aren't even employed by us anymore, but we're paying them. And okay, 10 years now, guys, it's, it's, it, we're no longer, we can't sit by idly and watch this team routinely miss the playoffs because that's how you routinely lose talent. Yeah. So, like I said, Buffalo is going to be interesting because if you guys do really damn well and you could have a deep playoff run and it's exciting and fun hockey, you may retain Hall. You may have these guys saying, look, we finally got it here. Let's keep going forward. But again, I'm defaulting back to the goaltending, right? Because your biggest yes. problem is offensively teams have, have a hard time with you at the beginning of the season because you're just this all of assault, right? You get the goals. But if a team can get to you early and they get the puck in the net, it, it really changes the way you guys play. And if you've got a, somebody back there that you can really trust to backstop you, different story, right? Because the Habs are down a goal. You don't change things up and say, oh, i got to play different because we can't afford to give one up. You can carry Price back there. You keep going. Boston Bruins, you got Tuka Rask behind that, you know, in goal for you. You yeah. keep going. you got Tuka Rask back there to bail you out, right? You have a goalie you can really count on. And I'm sorry to say this, the, the Arizona Coyotes, terrible offensively, always looking for the pretty goal, but they had Darcy Kemper to keep them in the games all the time and to grind stuff out so they can get those goals, right? So that's yeah. why, honestly, if I'm, a, if I'm the Buffalo Sabres GM, I'm looking at my goalies going, I would love to improve this, right? And I'd be making, I would be personally make, for making that push for Kemper because it's not a bad contract over the next few years. And between him and Allmark, that would be amazing. If you can, like I say, if it's bad contract for bad contract, yeah. you guys have to eat it, hold on over Kessel along with Kemper, and we'll balance it out, man. So anyway, my friend, uh, good talk. We still, I think by the time we talk next, there'll still be a few more pieces shaken down in this. There should be. And, and hopefully we can uh, be able to uh, digest that and break on to some of the uh, other upcoming hockey talk topics we got here. But, uh, I mean, right now it's free agent frenzy, and that is piecing together these teams is kind of the most exciting thing happening right now for us in the hockey world. So, And, what I, think we sh- and I think what we should touch on next uh, time we talk is the possibility of the bubble and what the divisions are going to look like because it seems like there was some information leaked out this week, <laughs> just a couple of days ago about how the divisions and conferences are going to look. So I think we should hit we should hit on that next time we talk, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, let's hopefully maybe uh, do some research and see what information we can drag out of there and start talking hypotheticals. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, thank you, everyone, for listening in on Pigeonhole Hockey. And uh, you definitely make sure to give us a follow again on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, did you like what we said? Did you hate what we said? Um, you know, is there anything that you would think we should maybe be discussing in the next podcast? Definitely, uh, you know, send us a message. Uh, but yeah, for now, this is uh, Chris and Steve. Have yourselves a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. All right. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. <laughs>